Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And we'll pray and release our faith. I believe we'll begin a new series this morning. Are you Are you ready? If not, you don't have long to get ready because it's it's here. And I'm excited about it. I'm confident there are answers here about some very prominent issues in our generation right now and in the church right now. So uh, believe with me. Let's join in faith right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the, the anointing and unction of the Holy Spirit who teaches us, asking you for an opening of eyes and ears and heart and mind that we might see and hear and discern, understand, grasp what you want to say to us right now. Help us to enlarge on the inside and be able to lay hold of more of you. And help us that our capacity be increased to understand and receive from you. And we say, Lord, your will be done. And we purpose not to treat it slightly nor lightly, but to esteem what you give us greatly. And not to forget it, but remember it and do it. And we know when we do, miracles will happen, great things will happen because you are faithful, ever faithful, to watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who do it. So be it. Be it unto us according to your word, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We in faith? We in gear? Well, let's let out the clutch and get her going then. (laughs) Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans 8 is such a rich, rich chapter. If you haven't read it much, read it again, because there's more there than you saw the first or second or 20th time. In Romans 8 and 28. A very familiar verse of scripture to many church going people. But I think a much misquoted, misapplied verse also. He said, and we know. This is positive, not we think, we're wondering about. We know that all things work together for good. Now a lot of people stop their quote. Right there. Don't they? Well, we know everything's working out for the best. We know that the man upstairs has got a plan and everything is working out for the best. And the vast majority of Christians would say amen. That's right. But that's not right. He is speaking to a very specific group of people. He's not talking about everybody. And the truth is, all things are not working out for the best 
for everybody. Not even close. How many of you got to watch about stopping halfway through a scripture? What does it say? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Does everybody love God? No, they don't. So this verse does not apply to people who don't love God. This does not apply to everybody on the planet. Everybody alive. (laughs) We're off to a start here, aren't we? There needs to be clarification. We live in a society and in a time where in the church people are so cautious not to offend someone that they don't tell the truth. And among many there is the impression left that everybody is going to be okay and everything is going to be okay and God loves everybody and everybody loves him and basically the impression is left that everybody is saved and going to be saved and that's just not true. That's not what this Word of God says. You'll hear people, when anybody dies, they'll say, well, you know, they're in a better place. Are they? Do you understand what I'm saying? See, people act like everybody that dies is going to heaven to be with the Lord. They want to leave that impression. Well, the Bible didn't say that everybody that dies goes to be with the Lord. Does it? And it doesn't say that everything is working out for the best of everybody on the planet. That's just not true. But for a select group, for a certain group, (laughs) come on, you ought to get excited about that. You ought to know what group I'm talking about. For a certain group, there are forces at work that can take even what the devil meant for evil and turn it on its head. Come on, are you listening? And cause that it all works out, turns out for your good. Hallelujah. What group is that? Come on, help me out. What group is that? Huh? Somebody said us, us, us. Only if, if, if you love God. Somebody said, well, everybody loves God. No, they don't. Not even close. In fact, we're going to see this as we go through the scriptures. There's a whole lot of people on this planet that hate God. Far from loving him, they hate him. This is the truth. This is reality. A lot of Christians live in a bubble. They want to believe things that paint a rosy picture of the world. And they really live in a disconnected fashion. 
We need to open our eyes and look around at how things really are. A lot of it's not pretty. A lot of it is not rosy. But it's real. It's the truth. It's how it is. And it's how it's going to be. Everything is not going great for everybody. Everything is not going to turn out wonderful for everyone. It's not. But that doesn't mean it's God's will, nor his plan, nor that it has to be that way. It is not his will that any, did you hear that word? Any should perish. I know a number of years ago, I happened to see some folks debating on some kind of a interview, internationally known interview show, and there was some preachers that were there, and they were really giving them the what for. If God is really a God of love, how can a loving God send people to a burning place of like hell? And you could tell they didn't believe any of it. They were just trying to mock them. And I watched as the individuals endeavored to answer. And uh, I felt inadequate myself to try to answer. I, I said, well, Lord, how do you answer that? What's the right thing to say? How do you answer that correctly? And I mean just as clearly. I don't mean I heard an audible voice. But inside me just as distinct. He said Keith. It's not my choice. Now is that true or not? People say well God's sending people to hell. He said Keith it's not my choice. Now a lot of folks don't like that. They say God's controlling everything. Well no he's not. Not true either. We really do have a free will. We can choose to obey him or disobey him. We can choose to believe in him or not even believe in his existence. We can choose to love him or hate him. Now whichever one you choose is going to set you down a path. Is that right? With results and consequences. And if you choose the wrong thing, you're going to wind up at the wrong place. But that's not God's choice. That's your choice. How many know we need to grow up and take responsibility for our own choices? And when people try to make everything God's fault, we need to do the same thing and remind them, hey, it's your choice. It's people's choice. He's not making your choices for you. And one of the greatest choices a human being could ever make is the choice to love him. Have you made that choice? Say, I'm confident I'm looking at a lot of people who have made that choice. But I also know we have not arrived at loving him. Can our love increase and abound yet more and more? Can it? Do you have a desire to grow in your love for him? I know... uh, In in the church world, there are masses of people who pull on God, beg God, demand of God. There are many people that go to church or used to go to church mad at God 
blame God, right? There are blasphemers, like we said, of God, but not nearly as many that really, truly love Him, that love Him. And that reveals a real Christian, a real child of God, not just somebody with a head full of stuff, somebody with some love in their heart for Him. What did he say? We know that all things work together for good to who? To them that love God. To them, those that love God that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Go with me over to uh, 1 Corinthians. Oh, thanks be to God. We're getting started. We're heading that way. Eighth chapter, 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians 8 and 1. There are some answers here. Answers here. How do you rightly divide the scriptures with other scriptures? You got to watch about taking a truth and making it the only truth. That's how you get off with something. He said, uh, now as touching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But charity, or that's the word for love, the God kind of love, edifies. Now, another way of saying edify is to say build up. So this is the truth he's emphasizing. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Say it out loud. Knowledge, Knowledge. Puffs, up. puffs up. What does that mean, puffs up? That's arrogance, pride. Puffs up. But love, the God kind of love, does what? Builds up. Does knowledge build up? <laughs> Most of the world believes it does. That knowledge is the way up. If you want to get ahead in this world, if you want to be something, have something, knowledge, education is the foundation. It is the way up. And it has its place. But no, knowledge alone does not build up. Some of the most brilliant people considered geniuses that have lived and are living today are also Some of the biggest failures in their marriages, their families, and are virtually suicidal with depression. That's not a successful life. I don't care how smart you think you are. And no matter how many degrees you have, if you say there is no God, you are a fool. That's what the Bible says. You are a total fool. Knowing a few things does not make you a good person. Amen. Come on. I'm not knocking education. I'm just saying it takes a lot more than reading a bunch of books and passing some tests to make you a good person or even to have a good life. 
What does knowledge do? Well, the danger is, and you have to watch this, especially in all knowledge-intensive professions, medicine, law, etc. I've got to rub shoulders with some of the best pilots in the world. And some of them are hard to be around. <laughs> you, you may not know it, but boy, there, there's a lot of pilots that have gotten so mad at each other in the cockpit. And they're like, I heard the other day about some guys were leaving from California and they were going to Hawaii. Well, that's a pretty good trip, you know. And they got mad at each other on the ground, didn't talk to each other the whole way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why? Well, one of them thought he's smarter than the other. He knows better. And when you think you know a bunch of stuff, you can get puffed up. And it can mess up your life. Knowledge doesn't lift up, doesn't build up. In fact, it can puff up. But tell me what will. We're singing today. Love lifted me. Is that right? What did he say? Love edifies, builds up. Now keep reading. Verse 2. If any man think that he knows anything, are there a lot of people who think they know something? Oh, brother. What's the truth? He knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Well, for one thing, you ain't been alive long enough. Compared to God? Compared to all the beings that exist besides us? Don't you imagine the angels that have been around for what? We don't know. Hundreds of millions of years? Billions of years? We don't know. Don't you imagine they, they get amused at us sometimes? <laughs> we, uh, we have two college degrees and read books with big words in them. And we think we know so much, they're looking at us shaking their heads going, we hadn't been alive long enough to know much when the Lord says my little children it's not a figure of speech it's not to him what does a three year old seem like to a hundred year old what would a fifty year old seem like to a fifty quatrillion year old If any man thinks that he knows anything, what's the reality? I don't care how much you know, you don't know anything compared to what there is to be known about that, compared to what God knows about that. He's kind to us. We tell him what we know, and it's like a little kid holding up a a crayon scribbling. And we're going, look, Lord, we did it. He goes, that's great, baby, that's great. That's great. That's so pretty. Maybe next time we could stay in the lines a little a little more. And, and there is more about that. I'll show you sometime. He don't want to discourage us. But compared to what he knows, humility is just reality. Humility is living in reality. Not believing lies about yourself and who you are and what you know. It's not putting yourself down. It's just living in the truth. 
He knows everything. And we know about half a thimbleful. Maybe. If any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Keep reading. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Say it out loud, saints. If any man love God, the same is known of him. Now see, he's contrasting knowledge against love. Come on, can you see that? And this is the revelation. I believe the Spirit of God would unveil to us and reveal to us over the coming weeks. We live... In a knowledge, information generation. Don't we? Where knowledge is held up as supreme. And the more knowledge and the more information, that's the main thing. And since we have grown up in this world, the church is influenced by the world. We shouldn't let ourselves be. But the truth is, for the most part, the church is conformed to some extent. And also since there has been a move and an emphasis in the church with teaching and revelation. You know, back uh, 50 plus years ago, you didn't see nearly as many teachers. They're mostly preachers. And teachers were considered slow and boring. But, you know, back a number of decades ago, the Lord began to emphasize the anointing of teaching, and and that was good, and that's right, and and the church has learned a lot. Is that right? God has brought us up. But, and it's always been this way, among many, knowledge is held up as the supreme thing. And, And people emphasize their religion, their relationship with God based on what I know about God. But that is not the main thing. I said that is not the main thing. What I know about God. Look at this verse again. Verse 2. If any man love God, what? The same is known of him. Well, doesn't God know everybody? In light of this verse, no. (laughs) No? No. Did Jesus talk about there's coming a time when he would tell people, depart from me? I what? I what? I never knew you. I know you not. What does that mean? Well, see, no, in the biblical sense, includes intimacy. Adam knew his wife, Eve. And what we're talking about here is not just knowing about, but knowing 
experiencing him. Oh, somebody get stirred up. This is the difference between having a closet full of notebooks and knowledge about God and a bunch of books on your shelf and keep talking about things about him versus experiencing him. Oh, come on. Come on now. Not just knowing about God, but knowing him and him knowing you. What does it mean for him to know me? That's for him to reveal himself to me, to manifest himself to me that I may experience him. Who's that going to happen for? Who's it going to happen for? If, if any man do what? Love God. Now, we've been at this for a few years now. And have met a lot of preachers and, and know about a number of ministries and churches and, and believers. And you see a lot of folks that have a head full of stuff about God. But you can tell they don't really love God. And I'm not talking about judging anybody. I'm talking about judging myself. I don't want to do that. Do you? I don't want to be like that. And that's one of the reasons that people on the outside are not drawn to come in is because they hear people spouting scriptures and talking about all these things about God, but there's nothing that touches them about somebody in their love for him. The thing that will move you towards something is to see somebody that's passionate about that thing. Yeah, right? That's right? Not cold and logical, but passionate about it. Somebody got a car. Somebody got a house. Somebody got a new computer. Somebody got this and that. And you can tell they really like this thing. Is that right? And they keep talking about it and talking about what all it'll do and, and how great it is to use and how great it is to drive. And what does that make you want to do? Makes you want to, I got to find out more about this car. Is that right? Man, they're excited about this car. They, and there are people that do love their car and love their house and love this. But if you love God, it's not just a cold attempt to transfer information. You're passionate about him. You love him. If any man love God, the same is what? Known of him. To know God. Oh, hallelujah. There's nothing bigger. I said there's nothing bigger than to know him. But he doesn't reveal himself that they may know him to those that don't love him. Why would you? I said, why would you? Why would you want to open your arms and 
and embrace somebody who are seething hatred for you. They wouldn't receive it. They're not open to it. Wouldn't do any good. And here, here we get to another thing that needs to be corrected. <laughs> Go with me to John 15. 15th chapter of John. When I first started in the ministry, Phyllis and I, I became convinced that the biggest problem was ignorance of God. Hosea, what is it? Four, four, six. Thank you. Help me out. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I thought, that's it. People just don't know. They don't know about God. And the big thing is to get people to know about God. And then that's it. Things will be fixed. But after a number of years, I begin to realize that's not true. That's not all there is to it. Read the next phrase. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's not the end of the the verse. Why? Why? Because you have what? Rejected knowledge. So it wasn't the lack of having the knowledge that was the big problem. It wasn't just the ignorance that was the problem. What was the problem? Rejecting the knowledge that would have cured the ignorance. And it took us decades to begin to really see this. I was too idealistic about it. That's what I'm talking about. Christians living in a bubble. Living with some ideals that are not reality. I began to realize that's just not true. It's not true that the biggest problem and the only problem is people just don't know. There's a lot of people who do know and they don't care. They have heard it and they don't want it. That's reality. And that applies to this. There's a lot of folks who think if folks just knew how much God loved them, it would fix everything. If folks just saw God for who he really is, they would all love him. (laughs) There's a lot of the church believe that. And there's a strong emphasis on his grace and his love and his mercy. If everybody just saw that, They would run to him and give their life to him and and it would fix everything in their life. That's just not so. Now, don't you misunderstand me. We're talking about one of the greatest things there is for somebody to realize that God loves them. But you still have to make a choice that you're going to love him back. Him loving you is not the total solution. You have to receive his love and reciprocate. And perhaps the greatest tragedy on the planet is love not returned. God does love people. 
but many do not love him. And he's not going to make them. And you can't. Everybody has to choose for themselves. Look in the 15th chapter here. I know some of these things are sobering, but do we need to know it or not? Are, are these verses true too? In John 15, this is all so rich, we have to know where to start. Hallelujah. Somebody say, what are you saying hallelujah for? Because I do love him. Hallelujah. And everything's working out for my good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse 17. John 15, 17. These things I command you. That what? That you love one another. If the world hate you. You know that it hated me before it hated you. Hated? Hated? <laughs> Is everybody going to love you? If they don't love God, <laughs> how are you going to do better than Him? You can't be more perfect than him. You can't love them any more perfectly than him. The love you love them with is the love you got from him. If they don't love him, do not be shocked and fall off your chair when they don't love you. Hmm? Somebody was telling me the other night at the thing that they were mad and upset because somebody was talking bad about me. And uh, I, I noticed while they were talking, I didn't even get ruffled. I guess you know I've heard it so many times now. And I was thinking, who is this person? I never met them. They were a minister in another state, and they were talking about what a what a fraud I am and what a fake and and phony and stay away from me and all this kind of stuff. And uh, right after the, of course, the people that are uh, that that they told that to. Are there at our meeting. <laughs> giving a testimony about how God has blessed them. And changed their life. But. If I got upset. Every time somebody. I mean if you're on TV. And you're on satellite. And, and a lot of people get to know you. Well that's a whole lot of opportunities. For people to not like you either. Right. And if I get moved by that. I would stay upset about something. All the time. But they don't know me. They never met me. They don't know anything about me. So why would it affect me like that? And a lot of folks don't love God either. I know uh, one time I was praying about a specific thing and a person had gotten really upset with me and it bothered me and, and it was just chewing on me. And, and I said, Lord, what? And he interrupted me. He said, son, they didn't listen to me. And if they don't listen to me, what are you getting so upset about? If they didn't listen to you. We need to remind ourselves of that. There are a lot of people, they don't like him. So don't be shocked if they don't like you. Not everybody in this world is going to like you. It's possible people could hate you. 
Just because of what you are. A Bible believing, tongue talking, miracle expecting. There are a lot of people in this world, they hate that. They hate it. And the problem is, it's not, they think they got a problem with you, but they don't. They don't even know you. They got a problem with him. They hate him. People hate God. A lot of people hate God. It's a fact. What did he say? If the world hates you, what did he say? You know it what? Well, how did Jesus leave this planet? They nailed him to a cross. You don't do that to people you love. Is that right? And he came to his own. His own. And his own did what? They did not receive him. They rejected him. Their leaders had him crucified. Why? They hated him. And you couldn't say it's because they didn't know what he was really like. They saw him. They heard him. Is that right? They saw him. They heard him. Some of them off and on for years. And what was their result? They hated what they saw. They hated what they heard. We're talking about our Jesus. And if the world hates you, no, you know it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own, which ought to make us shout when they don't like us. Well, thank God. (laughs) Right? Because if they love me and they are the God-hating world, that would mean I'm part of them. Thank God they don't like me. When's the last time you heard that? (laughs) If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, we're in this place, but we are not of this place. We are another family. Come on, is that right? Our citizenship is of heaven. We are those who love God. Come on, somebody say, I love God. I love God. We don't just believe in stuff about God and that's the end. We love God. Come on, somebody say, I love God. Lord, Lord, I love you. I love you. He's everything to us. We don't just technically believe in him. We love him. He's our life. <laughs> Nobody's making me do this. I do it because I love him. I love his word. I love his spirit. I love his things. I love his church. I love his people. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? I love him. Somebody say, I love him. Verse 23. Well, let's see. 22. 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin. See, sin is violation of light. But now they have no cloak for their sin. Why? Keep reading. He that hates me hates my father also. Now there are groups that try to separate Jesus from the father. And claim that they have the father but they don't like Jesus. That's contrary to scriptures. 
Scripture says, if you don't have the Son, I'm quoting from 1 John now, if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. Am I quoting Scriptures? But if you do have Jesus, you have the Father too. Why? Because the Father is the one who sent Jesus. And if you say, I don't accept him, then you don't accept who Jesus, who the, whom the Father sent. You don't accept the Father. I know some folks disagree with that, but you know there are scriptures that we need to pay attention to. He that hates me hates my Father also. Now why would he say that? Because these were the leaders of the Jews. Heads of the, uh, the temple and, and, and the priests. They claim to represent the Father. Right? That their whole life is father, father. And generations have built on things. This is God. This is how God is. And God manifested in the flesh shows up in their town. And preaches and teaches and heals and delivers and works miracles. And what do they say? Oh, we can't stand that. Who are they? We'd call them today preachers. They're preachers. They're heads of the synagogue. And the one they're claiming to love and serve with all their life every day shows up in their midst and they don't like him at all. They don't like him at all. I don't want that to happen to me. Do you? I believe a bunch of stuff about God. And when I actually see him, don't like it? Uh-uh. Somebody say, may it not be. May it not be. He that hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both what? Seen and hated both me and my father. Oh, they would have denied that to their last breath. That they hated the father God. They're the head of the Sanhedrin. They're the head of the, the temple. They give their life for God. And what's the truth? What's the truth? Truth is, they hate God. Is this something? Why? They didn't know God. They knew a bunch of stuff that men wrote about God. Hmm? And when they actually saw him and heard him, because Jesus said, I don't say anything except what I hear the Father say. I'm not doing anything except what I see the Father do. So everything Jesus said, everything he did, is the Father's will expressed and in action. So much so that Jesus told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And people like to believe, well, if you'd ever see what really is God, everybody would love him. Not true. Not true. Because it's happening today. I said it's happening today. God is manifesting himself. Through his church. Through his ministries. 
through his believers, isn't he? He is. I didn't say it's all happening perfectly, but it's happening. People are seeing God over here. They're hearing God over here. They are through his church. And some people, relatively a few, when you're talking about the billions on the planet, see it and hear it and like it. Like you. And they get excited. Hallelujah. And they love it. They love it. They want some more of it. Is that right? But, 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 there are millions that see the same thing, hear the same thing. And they despise it. They hate it. They think they got a problem with you. They think they got a problem with me. But the truth is, in these instances, they weren't just seeing you and me. They were seeing some of him. And they were hearing some of him. And in hating that, they hate him. Verse 23, he that hates me, what? Hates my father also. He's in us, isn't he? And we're in him. It's the same thing. We're the light of the world now. He said. It's the same thing. Isn't it our prayer and our desire and our will that God be manifested in us and through us? We be so full of him, so full of his word, so full of his life and his joy and his peace and his His love. That people, when they're hearing us and seeing us, they're seeing him. They're hearing him. But we just need to understand, not everybody, even though they see it, it may be a really pure manifestation of him coming through us. It may look just like him and sound just like him. Doesn't mean everyone will like it or want it. And we don't need to just take it personally because it's not just us they're rejecting. It's him. And never are we going to be perfect in knowledge down here. Never will our doctrine be perfect because we only know in part. And didn't say God knows the people that know a lot about him. (laughs) Did it? It said knowledge puffs up. But it said if any man. That's a male man or a female man. (laughs) If anybody loves God. That's what gets his attention. Come on, are you listening? You can't impress him with your knowledge. Are you kidding the creator of the universe? You can't impress him with what you know. I assure you, it's like the crayon drawing. He'll be nice to you, but he's not going to go, wow, you are really smart. Explain that to me. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Never. You can get him to explain things to you. But I tell you what, we'll get him. You may be Ned in the first reader. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? That's hardly know anything at all. Yet, if you genuinely love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, he knows who are his. And he knows who loves him. And he can teach you the rest of the stuff you need to know. It's a heart that loves him that's not everywhere. This actually can be hard to find. Are there some right here in this room? Are there some? Come on, are there some that for real, genuinely, from your heart. Come on, tell him out loud. Say, Lord, I love you. 
I really love you. Hallelujah. I know I don't know much, but you know this, I love you. That'll get you through the rest of it. That'll get you through the rest of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. He that hates me hates my father also. If I'd not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But when they were seeing all those miracles and they were hearing all these wonderful things that Jesus is teaching and preaching, they are seeing God. They are hearing God and they decided they hated it. And now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. The Lord knew this was going to happen centuries before the prophet foretold it. That he was going to come and he was going to be rejected and even his own were going to hate him. And he said they didn't have a cause, but they did. Go to John, please, the third chapter. I'm thinking about closing. Crossed my mind a while ago. (laughs) Is this important? This is important. Do people believe some things that's not right in the church? They do. And uh, we're as positive of people as you ever want to find. We're, we're positive people. We're, we believe. But everything is not rosy in the world. And everything's not going to turn out wonderful for everybody. It's just not. That's not reality. That's not what this Word of God says. It's going to turn out wonderful for a, a certain group, <laughs> a specific group. It's not the ones who were baptized in the correct formula or who can quote the certain confession or or prayer the perfect way. Come on, are you listening? It's not the ones who had perfect church attendance for 40 years. It's not the ones that has their doctrine of divinity and wrote books about God. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It's those who love God. They love Him. That's not something you think your way into. That's a choice. It's a heart thing. Heart thing. And what does God look at? Man looks on the outward appearance. God doesn't. He knows all that's temporary, fading fast. What does He look at? He looks at the heart. Does He know who loves Him? And who doesn't? Yes. yes, he does. Yes, he does. John 3. Everything's working out for my good yes. and for God's glory. Amen. John 3. Anybody quoting the scriptures from third chapter of John? <laughs> Verse 16 is quite famous, isn't it? But the whole chapter is talking about these things. It begins by Nicodemus going to Jesus by night and wanting to talk to him about the miracles and the ministry. And Jesus looking at him and saying, you've got to be born again. 
And so then they talk about being born again. And uh, verse uh, 14, he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Is everybody going to not perish? Who's going to not perish? Those who believe in him. Does everybody believe in him? Certainly not. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Who's going to not perish? Who's going to have everlasting life? Whoever believes in him. Man, maybe it's just the media, but I never heard so much blasphemy and mockery of the master and God. Don't listen to it. Right? I mean, if you hear some of it, turn it off. Change the channel. Whatever. Turn the radio off. Whatever it is. But man, people are just bolder and bolder about saying the, the, the most ugly thing, most disrespectful things. And it's obvious they don't believe in him. But why would they want to do that? The God of this world hates our master. The devil is a being of hate. Oh, he hates God. He hates the master. He hates what redemption has done for us. He hates us. He's full of hate. Amen. And because he's the God of this world and he's influenced this world so much, you'll see it coming through people. God loved the world, gave his only begotten son, but not everybody has respected what he has done or received what he's done. Verse 17, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But now let's just stop right here. Some people read these things and then they act like, well, then there is no condemnation to anybody anymore. And there never will be. That's not right. That's not true. I said, that's not right. There is no condemnation to a certain group of people. (laughs) He that believes on him is not condemned. Not everybody. But he that believes not is condemned. Right? Already. Why? Because he's not believed. In the name of the only begotten Son of God. Are people that don't believe in him, are they okay? Are they all right? No, No, they're not. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation. Other translations say this is the judgment. This is the verdict. This is why Basically, the guilty verdict comes. Why? That light is come into the world. And what happened? And men what? Loved darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. See, it's not just if people hear and find out that God loves them, everything will be fixed. A lot of people have heard it. And they don't care. They don't love him. And they don't want it. A lot of people have seen some light. 
And they didn't like what they saw. And they don't, people say, well, if they just saw the real thing, they have seen the real thing. And they don't like it. And they don't want it. They love darkness. They don't love God. I know that's not pretty, but that's reality. This is the condemnation. This is the verdict. That light's come into the world. Has light come into the world? It has. Jesus is the light. The gospel is the light. The church in the earth is light. People are seeing and hearing him. But a lot of people loved darkness rather than, instead of, more than light. And why? Because their deeds were evil. They didn't want to change. For everyone that does evil, are you reading? Everyone that does evil, what? Well, who is the light? God is light. Right? Jesus is the light of the world. People hate Jesus? Yeah, they do. People hate the gospel? Yeah, they do. Everyone that does evil, they love the dark. They love the bad stuff they're into. They love it. They're not going to give it up. And in a light that tries to show up, this is good and this is bad and this is right and this is wrong. This is God and this is the devil. They hate it. And they don't come to the light. Lest their deeds should be reproved, unwilling to repent. But he that does the truth comes to the light. How many know your attitude should be, Lord, show me the light. I mean, if it shows up that I'm messing up, I want to know it. I want to see it. Right? I want to repent. I want to get it right. If you hate it, I hate it. If you don't like it, I don't like it. No matter what I've thought or what my flesh has felt, I love you. And I love what you love. Come on, somebody said, I love you, Lord. And I love what you love. And I hate what you hate. He that does truth comes to the light. That his deeds may be manifest. That they are wrought in God. Oh, hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you thanks. We honor you. We worship you. Oh, we magnify your great and holy and wonderful name. Oh, Lord, we know that a lot of people in this dark world don't like you, don't want you, even hate you. But not us. We love you. We want you. We desire you, oh God. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.